0: Early on, cast in this role pretty much unexpectedly, as I think all of us caregivers are, I did what we do these days, and I looked up what is caregiving online. One of the top hits, even today, leads to this quiz from Johns Hopkins University. It's titled, Are You a Caregiver? There's a little bit of a preface. A family caregiver can be someone caring for a spouse or a parent, an extended family member, or even a friend or neighbor. Do you provide someone help with transportation to medical appointments, purchasing or organizing medications, monitoring their medical condition, communicating with healthcare care professionals, advocating on their behalf with providers or agencies, Getting in and out of beds or chairs. Getting dressed. Bathing or showering. Grocery or other shopping. Housework. Preparing meals. Managing finances. At the end, it says, if you answered yes to any of the examples listed above, you are a caregiver. Welcome to Stick It Out, a podcast about caregiving. Hello, I'm Milton Bananas. I'm a caregiver to my wife, who is in need of a second double lung transplant due to having been born with cystic fibrosis. After her health took a turn in late 2020, I found myself in this role as a caregiver. Three years in, I've decided that talking about it to whichever AI bots out there are willing to listen is going to be part of how I cope. If you're listening and you're not a bot though, Let me first take a minute and say, thanks for making a little time to listen. I'll try to make it worth your while. Before we move on though, the test at the intro really does end with, you are a caregiver and may benefit from the called to care program. I tried to look into it a little bit, uh, but it's more than I want to get into in this episode. So if you're interested, just go ahead and do a search for that called to care program. And I'll also put a link to it in the show notes. First up here, we're gonna do an update on my wife. The last time that I posted, she'd uh, she'd been in the hospital for a little while. She'd caught a touch of pneumonia. And uh, if I remember right, I recorded that during the second week that she was in the hospital. Since then, two very important things have developed. One, she has given me permission to call her Ethel on the show. So we can now refer to her as Ethel Bananas, and this amuses me greatly. <laughs> but more importantly she's feeling a lot better she's been out of the hospital for about 2 weeks now and you know every day she's getting a little bit better her her breathing overall has improved from before she went into the hospital her physical ability especially her endurance is down a little bit because that's you know one of the downsides of long hospital stays is staying in that bed because she was she's um, immunosuppressed and all that. She's at, you know, high risk for other kinds of communicable diseases, blah, blah, blah. So she wasn't allowed to go out and walk the hallways like she sometimes does, things like that. So she really was basically in a bed for like two weeks straight. But she's back to physical therapy, so eventually, you know, she'll get there. But that's what she's saying to me right now is that she's just noticed her breathing is a lot better, but her physical stamina especially is down a little bit. But overall, she's doing a lot better since she left the hospital. In just a couple of weeks, we will go to Pittsburgh for all the tests that make up the evaluation to be put on the transplant list. And I'm sort of hoping to be able to just pull that whole experience into a podcast episode of of its own. We'll see how that goes. Okay, moving on. When I first found the test that leads off this episode, I I was horrified. I was horrified that everything I do and everything I go through, everything that all of us caregivers do and go through could be reduced to a dozen questions. And not a single one of those questions even indirectly asks about how you perform in the face of ever-present dread. It seems so simplistic somehow. It's kind of like how the word forest doesn't really call to mind anything close to the number of things that actually dwell within one. So that test gets to what technically makes someone a caregiver, yes. But what do we talk about when we talk about caregiving? What are all the things involved in such a simple question like, do you provide someone help with preparing meals? How does something like Making good meals for my wife somehow turned into not making good meals for myself. That's what we're going to try to talk about today. And apparently I'm just going to keep using the royal we sometimes, so uh, we're all just going to have to deal with that. I started writing down questions for what I felt would be a more accurate test. Pulling from my own experience, of course, and some others in the Reddit and Discord communities, which, again, I recommend looking into both of them. I'll put the links in the show notes. So what I have here is a series of questions that I feel really get at more like what it feels to be a caregiver. And I'm not going to call it a drinking game, but if you want to pause here for a minute and go, uh, you know, fill up your glass, I'm not going to judge you. So here we go. Have you ever broken down crying while vacuuming? Do you sometimes look a little too closely or maybe even smell something that came out of a grown adult's body? Do you fear coming down with something for more than one day, but also kind of wish you came down with something really bad just so someone would take care of you for a change and that you'd get a little time off? Have you maybe enjoyed a haircut a little too much just because someone was touching you? Have you browsed bad porn because sex is either non-existent or shit? Have you ever stooped to erotic fan fiction? Have you been secretly considering an affair partner? And whether you even have the emotional capacity for a whole other person who might need something from you? Have you gotten pretty judgy about how people give no shits when they see a wheelchair coming their way? Have you maybe accidentally scraped some rude dickhead's ankles with the chair's footrests? Is resentment the main emotion you feel when any family member asks how you're doing? Because A, they should have been asking long ago, and B, they should be asking more often, and C, they don't really want to know anyway. Have you lost friends? Some of whom you've consciously let go because you just can't anymore? others of whom you've let slip away because no one should have to be reminded that life really can suck this hard. Have you ever screamed in pointless defiance that you will not touch any more feces today, human or otherwise? Have you stared out the windows so much and for so long that you know every single thing that happens in your neighborhood. Have you nicknamed all the people who walk by at roughly the same time every day? Oh, hey, it's Small Dog High Pants Guy. How's it going? Have you ever identified so hard to certain song lyrics that you had to go lie down for a while? Maybe just right here on this floor? Have you left shit, piss, vomit, or even blood until morning? Have you slowed your role in the grocery store in order to help someone with a visible disability? Have you grown more patient towards anyone who genuinely needs a little extra time? Have you learned somehow to really listen when someone is sad or upset? Do you get kind of judgy at a movie or a show or a book's portrayal of an end of life scenario, especially how good looking everyone is during that time? Or how it depicts a physical or mental illness? Or how very few of humankind's stories address conditions that are long term but no longer life threatening? In other words, Do you hate that people assume things are awesome just because your person survived? Have you abandoned a vacation, even mid-vacation, because something happened with your person? Or have you given up on vacations, even if you can afford them, because traveling with your person is at least four times harder than it used to be? Or have you just given up on them altogether because travel is simply not an option? for a variety of reasons. Have you ever just curled up in a ball on the floor and cried yourself to sleep? Have you ever woken up after only two or three or four hours of sleep and that's just, that's just it. You're up for the day cause your brain won't shut up anyway. Have you woken up from a dead sleep because of an alarm or noise or worse bodily fluid from your person? Have you forgotten how long ago was your last night of real sleep? Have you spent maybe a little too much time in the bathroom doing nothing at all, really, just because as long as that door is closed, no one can need anything from you? Have you ever looked at the state of your carpet or furniture or walls or car or yard and just want to die? Although... From shame or exhaustion, who's to know? Have you ever had to remind your person that no one is outside the house trying to steal his or her breakfast and that the iridescent spiders they see on the walls don't really eat cereal anyway, so don't worry about them? Do you have a mental catalog of the best waiting rooms, bathrooms, and hospital cafeterias in your area? Have you found you don't have the capacity for anything new and so just fall asleep to reruns of Seinfeld or Fresh Prince or The Office when you used to read before bed? Do you struggle with the line between caring for someone and enabling them? With seeing your person as someone who's abusing you, even when you know they're not? With the question of, are you responsible for someone's death because you didn't make them take their meds? Make them go to the doctor. Have you not made food for yourself simply because you're too tired of the cycle of procuring, making, and cleaning up every single meal? Have you ever abandoned the cashier lane at a store, even with all your shopping done, because the cashier or a customer or just someone's fucking kid, or shirt or face is depressing you so hard you just can't? Have you ever cracked jokes to your person about how sexy he or she is when they're drinking Ensure Boost or Glucerna? Have you played medication bingo with the ads on TVs during long hospital stays? And lastly, have you ever really hated yourself for hearing some other caregiver's story and thanking whatever you believe in for the reminder that it could always be worse? This is not a comprehensive list folks. There's a lot of things to being a caregiver because there's a lot of different kinds of caregiving and we'll talk about that as we go along. But maybe that gives you an idea of how it feels to be a caregiver. Or if you are one, maybe now you know that someone else feels those things too. I've said it before and I'll say it many times. Caregiving is a very isolating experience. But caregiving needs community, so I hope some of that maybe helps some of you. Moving on a little bit, also in my search for what is a caregiver, I came up with this article from Psychology Today that I hadn't seen when I looked the last time, whether I overlooked it or not, I'm not sure. Uh, Again, I'll include a link in the show notes. I'm going to read from part of it because it does kind of get at what caregiving is on a simplistic basis. Caregivers provide necessary support to someone who, due to age, illness, disability, or some other factor, cannot care for themselves. Caregiving may involve shopping, housekeeping, providing transportation, feeding, bathing, toilet assistance, dressing, walking, coordinating appointments and medical treatments, Or managing a person's finances. At least 44 million Americans provide unpaid care for an adult or child, according to a report by the National Alliance for Caregiving and AARP. Women are much more likely to take on the caregiver role, although many men do it as well. Their patients are loved ones, most often a parent, spouse, or child of any age with special medical needs. So that's how that article begins. I question the use of the word patience. I've, I have never referred to my wife as a patient, let alone my patient. I get impatient with her 100%. Uh, I don't really like that word. I, you've already heard me use the word person. I'm just going to stick with that. we this is your person. To continue on in the article a minute, to provide unpaid care is often an act of love and devotion but it can also be a tremendous drain on one's physical and psychological resources. Caregivers frequently feel on-call 24 hours a day, seven days a week, which can cause great stress and anxiety. Caregivers must pay particular attention to their own needs or they risk burning out and being of no use to their loved ones. This is all technically accurate. It's a nicely clinical description of caregiving, Frankly, I think the non-drinking game was more accurate, real world one, but the top level thing to know is that no matter what source you look at, there's always going to be two things that they say. One is that caregiving is often necessary, but two, caregiving is very hard on caregivers. Most sources out there have links to articles about managing stress, about burnout, about the importance of self-care. And let's just include as self-care all the various ways one might satisfy the more carnal of urges that do not go away just because of a lack of real-world options of expression. But that's how you know this shit is hard, right? In Major League Baseball, you can't step up to the plate without putting a batting helmet on. It means you're in for some danger, son. Now for our first new segment, Leave That Thing Alone. So the point of this segment is this. I tell my wife that every day as a caregiver presents me at least one moment when I have to consciously ignore some offense or disrespect, but some days present certain opportunities to get myself into trouble that I almost want to take. So we're gonna call these kinds of things leave that thing alone the other day i went out to the mailbox and there was just it was just this one little card it's in the shape of a house and it says happy home anniversary it's obviously from the realtor who sold us the house who has absolutely no stake in our lives at this point other than i think she sends us you know a card like this every year and then maybe like a calendar or something stupid every christmas i don't know Right? Obviously, the point of these things is just to remind us that she exists in the event that we need a realtor. Okay, that's fine. That's just life. I can handle it. It's dumb, but I can handle it. On the inside, you know, there's a little business card, of course, of course, but there's also this, you know, just uh, whatever's written in the card. But then by hand, she has written, hope all is well, have a great summer. And, uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, that kind of that kind of set me off when I got it, when I pulled that out of the mailbox, and then I opened it up as I walked from the mailbox, you know, to the house. Um, have a great summer. <laughs> yeah, it might be endless, but I don't think it's gonna be great. And see, part of me, part of me wants to to reach out to this person who's really just doing something completely innocent, doing something. I mean, it's just part of her job. And it's not even that. It's just what happens, like I said before. But part of me wants to reach out and and sort of sting her somehow or another because that's part of caregiving too. There's always There's always anger because there's always fear. And so it's really easy to get angry at someone outside my house because it's hard to get angry at my wife. Not only is she sick, all that that's going on, but caregiving forces a very odd power relationship on a married couple, a very odd one. Whatever your power dynamic was before you were in a caregiving situation still exists, but there's another one too. And there's a whole third one too, because really it's the disease that's in charge. Anyhow, I don't want to get angry with her, but that doesn't mean I don't get angry. And so, yeah, part of me wants to reach out to this woman who is just doing something that is a standard part of her job just to tell her how callous it can be to say something like that, even though to everybody else it sounds really nice. And am I being hypersensitive about it? 100%. Yeah, totally am. And I knew it, you know, at the moment, you know, I saw it and I felt myself being upset about it. Yeah, I know I'm being hypersensitive about it because I'm in a hypersensitive place. When you're a caregiver, you feel like you've been a festering wound for however long you've been a caregiver. So yeah, am I going to do anything about it? Nah, I held on to the card just for this segment, just to debut this segment, as a matter of fact. And when we're done with this, I'm going to rip it up and throw it away. It's fine. And to be honest with you, should we need a realtor? Because I hope we don't, right? We're trying to hang on to the house through all this But should we? I probably will get a hold of her because she was actually really nice to us. And I think that's what I want to tell you through all of this. Sometimes you got to leave that thing alone. And so then wrapping up for today, I want to ask you to think about what is something that you can leave alone? What is something that you don't need to chase down? Or another way to ask it is, what is a problem that maybe you're creating because your emotions are motivating you to? And is that something that you can dispose of? Sometimes we can't. Sometimes you gotta stand up for yourself, right? But sometimes maybe you don't. I don't need to go chase down that realtor. And maybe there's something you don't need to do today. Just think about it for a little bit. Write it down. If you want, you can contact me on Reddit. You can find me at Mr. Milton Bananas and um, tell me about it, I'd be happy to hear it. But uh, it's really more important that you think about it for yourself And I always recommend that you take a minute and write it down by hand. I know that's old school, but it really does help. And so, again, I would want to say thank you for taking the time to listen to this episode. If you're a caregiver, I know you have no time. I know you listened to this while you were doing something else. I appreciate you giving me even a quarter of your brain. And I hope I've said something that can help you. Be well out there, everyone.